1: take some questions, but this is probably one of the worst days in the stock market that, that you either you know, either of us can remember since maybe the throes of the pandemic. Even when we had a couple 10% percent peak to trough declines in late 2020, and I guess in, in the NASDAQ at least to start off 2021, it didn't feel this bad in such a short period of time, did it, Guy?
0: No, it didn't. Um, not at all. And you said it's one of the worst days, and I understand what you mean by that. And I'm not trying to be glib here, but I would submit this could wind up being one of the best series of days for the market just in terms of flushing out some of the excess because it needed to happen. And if you look at where we are right now in the S&P 500, uh, we traded down to 42.22, I think. But Mm -hmm. the levels that we're at right now, we obviously have bounced and there's a lot of day left. But, you know, we're basically traded down to the levels we saw I want to say on October fourth. Now, again, a lot of day left, but here we are at those levels that we bounced from a few months ago. So that's a good thing, number one. But just flushing the system out, just getting some of this excess out, I think long term is extraordinarily healthy, although it doesn't feel particularly good right now.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I mean, and, and I know you're not being glib about that. Um Ma. by by. No, I, I mean that sincerely. But what's really interesting, guy, about when you take out excess, right? You're basically sidelining a lot of investors too. I mean, listen, on the way up, you know, there was everyone was giddy, no one thought there was a reason they could go down. But like Netflix is a great example. At its lows on Friday after their report thursday night the stock was down 25 percent. okay it rallied a little bit closed off the lows but today at its lows it was down about 10 percent from its all-time high made in november just in november guy at right around 700 just above 700 it literally ticked 350 today man or almost 350 that's 50 percent in a household name it was in an acronym remember fang guy i replaced that but remember fang it was the n in in fang down 50 percent all right i'm going to look at my screens right here i'm gonna tell you what's going on and most of this stuff is well off their lows. Well, just and real quick at- about
0: so i know you want to you want to yeah. work through stuff but netflix for example and again i'm wrong all the freaking time but i thought it would trade down and hold and i had been saying this i'm like look that 480 level which was a level that we went sideways from from the summer of 2020 if you go back and look all the way till we finally broke out in the summer of 2021 that made a lot of sense and my god it didn't even stop i mean it wasn't even a speed bump through those levels so sometimes the market just does crazy things now i will also say dan real quick that a another support level should have been the all time high back in june of 2018 which if memory serves was about 415 well that was about 50 or so dollars ago so this is a in you know in trading parlances This is what we call a line job. And what that means is when you go back and look at this chart, it's a straight line down.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, listen. So if you've been listening to Trading Spaces, listening to On the Tape podcast, we've been talking about this stuff for months and months and months. And people might have said, "Ah, oh, they're just perma this. And, 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 not uh, perma
0: anything, man. We're no. just perma honest. I will tell you, and, I, and look, I, I want to say one thing. I, I'm not perma anything. You know, we try to tell it like it is. I don't have the effing pom-poms out like so many of these people <laughs> do. And if that means we're going to be wrong sometimes, so be it. I don't care because quite frankly, there's no repercussions for constantly being bullish. Well, as that, an FYI. That, well, that, the easy thing to do here, by the way, is just to be a cheerleader all the time. But the, the smart – the the thing to do that helps the most people, I think, is just to try to be honest, which I think we are to a fault.
1: To a fault. I mean, calling it like we see it, and, and oftentimes when we're in a raging bull market, and to your point about cheerleaders, cheerleaders, they are cheering when their team is up 41-3, to 3, and they're actually also cheering the same way when their team's down 3-41. to 41. That's just a fact. Yeah. Um, we're not playing that role. We don't have any pom-poms. Um, But, you know, Guy, one of the things I just say is that we've been pointing out for months and months and months that when you see some of these prior, like, leaders, at least from a sentiment standpoint, the way that they've been selling off, 30, 40, 50, 60, in some instances, Zoom is down 70% from its all-time highs. Um, This was over a $150 billion market cap company at those highs in late 2020. We're pointing it out because there's pockets of risk that we're seeing just like that. The SaaS names that just got... Absolutely crazy. Some of these internet stocks. I mean, Snap had over a hundred and what $25 billion market cap. It is down 65% guy from its highs just a few months ago. Twitter's down like 55%. Pinterest, same thing, you know, and so. This is this is the sort of price action that's been seeping. It it worked its way for the better part of this year through SPACs, through recent tech IPOs, right, through meme stocks, which are all just getting absolutely annihilated now. Um, Then it was kind of some high valuation growth things that people felt good about, let's say, in the Internet space. And now they're kind of what our friend Carter Braxton Worth likes to say. They're shooting the generals, you know, Microsoft. Almost down, you know, I don't know, sixteen, seventeen percent from its side. So that's the scenario. That's what we've been talking about. And then let's throw crypto in there, which is in the throes of a fifty-five percent peak to trough decline.
0: It's incredible when you look at it. Some of the damage that's being done, and the reason why we kept bringing up those names for weeks and weeks, and then subsequently months and months. And we've said, you've heard us say it, all the damage being done below the surface, underneath the hood. We both were surprised that it hadn't manifested in the broader market until recently. And here we go. With that said, again, this is what you wanted. You're starting to see the beginnings of capitulation. And something I say all the time, and I just said it on our market call, but I'll say it here, is that everybody always says to me, I can't wait for the market to pull back so I can buy Apple or so I can buy Microsoft or whatever name you want to insert. And But what I also tell them all the time is, that's great. Just understand, it's always going to look a lot scarier when it does happen, and it's never going to be for the reasons you envision. So just try to take emotion out of it. Now, you said it before, and you'll say it here, it's really hard to do that. And I understand that. But if you have levels in place, and if you have a game plan going in, yeah, it's going to look terrifying. But this, as you've said a number of times for so many people, this is what you've been waiting for. Well, here it is.
1: Yeah, and I guess the point that it's really easy when you're looking at your accounts very near highs, and you know you're feeling good about everything. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't own as much Microsoft as I'd like to at 330, and if it goes to 280, which is like amazing support, that will have to only happen in some sort of like you know, like apocalyptic situation. Well, at that point, when you're thinking about buying it there, you have a lot less cash unless you sold. And I don't know about you, Guy, but I have a hard time picking, you know, the all-time high, you know, and and then the all-time lows. And and a problem that I've witnessed over the last 25 years as an investor, as a trader, and then getting to know the retail landscape really well over the last, let's call it 10 years or so, is that people often make mistakes at highs and lows. And those are really hard yeah. to correct if you're buying tops and you're selling lows. And again, we no one knows when it's going to happen. It's just that the way you think about Risk management, concentration, time horizons, those sorts of things. So, listen, I, I will say this, guy. As I'm looking at the market, um, you and I were talking about Microsoft an hour and a half ago. It was down 6% of the day. It's only down 3% of the day. Um, I'm seeing a couple things. And, and, listen, this is why, like, when I look at my fact-set front board, I got, like, 200 stocks. I have them set up by sector. Um, I saw the first things that went up today were staples. And then I saw retail, and I'm now I'm seeing, like, for some reason, AutoNation and Carvana. I'm seeing the homebuilders trading higher. Um, I'm seeing a couple stocks. I see PagerDuty and Datadog. These are two of those kind of SaaS names of a huge corrections that were pandemic winners. So might we see an all-out reversal? And if you saw the NASDAQ green after being down 4%, are we likely to see that continue through because here's the deal tomorrow night we got microsoft wednesday night we get tesla thursday night we get apple all earnings i mean could they turn the tide of this thing
0: yeah absolutely and listen again go back and a helene's here i know but i'll say it again just for just for emphasis the levels we trade i do know we overshot in the s&p 500 we traded under 4220, or though we've rallied some 60 or so s&p handles but we're right, right now, we're straddling that October 4th low, which, as we mentioned a number of times, is perfect level of support. By the way, the VIX, which I think, Dan, did it have a 39 handle at some point yeah. today? Well, yeah. you know that's been a piece that we've been waiting for as well. Finally, now the VIX, you've seen potentially a blow off top there. And you mentioned some of the people saying people were buying, I don't know what they were selling puts. I have no idea what people yeah, were doing, yeah, yeah. but they were betting that the VIX was going to come in. So you could absolutely see one of these mind-numbing rallies today that nobody sees coming. Now, a lot's going to ride on some of the earnings we get. But the good news is, again, in the form of Apple, we've said it. You know, we've just traded down to the prior all-time high that we made back in September. We have talked about the 157 level ad nauseum on all the different things we do. So here's where you try to take emotion out of the equation, understanding how messy days like today can be.
1: Yeah, I guess the point I would say is that when you think of a week that we have right here, if the Fed at their meeting – Uh, and they don't have one in february and then i know the cme um, fed tracker tool is implying about a 96 percent chance of a 25 basis point hike at the march meeting okay if the fed stays their course on this hawkish tone Mm -hmm. you know a couple weeks ago when when fed chair powell is getting renominated in front of the senate you know confirmation hearing, you know he stayed the course market rallied it was selling off into it i think people were worried that maybe they were going to get Bit more hawkish. Well, they're certainly not going to get a bit more hawkish with the market down the way it is, but they might stay the course. And so I'm not sure, you know, you, any relief rally you get on that on Wednesday afternoon might be short lived. And then it really comes down to earnings, right? And so I guess the point is, if Apple, you know, were to meaningfully guide down, which actually they could, you know, just so you know, guy, they've been talking about like, you know, some, some component issues and, and, and you know, this 5G rollout by Verizon AT&T might, may, might put a little dent in that super upgrade, super cycle narrative oh, yeah. as it relates to 5G. I mean, all of a sudden, you and I have been talking about this. Apple is only to grow earnings and sales low single digits this year trading you know in the high i don't know it's trading like 28 times or something like that i don't know what are you buying it for the for their buybacks well look
0: you bring back you bring up an excellent and i've said this so i apologize if you've heard it before but when apple was a growth stock years ago it was trading at a value stock valuation was trading at 12 uh, times forward earnings now that it is a value stock effectively It's trading with a growth multiple. They got it all ass backwards. Now, I'm sure there are people on here that say you're an Apple hater. I'm not. I could could care less about Apple. And by the way, just so you understand, Apple could care less or could not care less about you. Don't get married to these stocks. And for all the people out there that say own, don't trade it, okay, I get it. Apple's a great long-term hold. But, and you've mentioned this as well, Dan, we have seen at least five times over the last five or six years 25 to 40 percent peak to trough declines in this name and oh by the way you're in the midst of one of them now
1: yeah Yeah. yeah. um that's a great i mean you
0: know again it's just but my point about levels is if you have waited for this entry point well here it is what are you waiting for now and you're gonna say well my god it looks terrifying And that was my earlier point. It always looks terrifying.
1: (laughs) That's a fact. Hey, guy, I'm going to litter in some questions. Amanda Diaz, our
0: crack
1: producer, um, just forwarded me one from a guy named Casey Moore at Casey JMO. He says, hi, gentlemen, FM Daily Viewer here. That means fast money, I think, guy. What stocks are out there that you two believe are either currently trading at good value or will be soon. What other technicals? This is a two-part question, guys, so stay with us. What other technicals than a double bottom support or broken down trend should we be on the lookout for? Thanks. Hashtag dude from Omaha.
0: I like Omaha, by the way. If you recall, if memory serves, Dan, when the wizard took off at the end of the movie – Omaha was written on the balloon. By the way, as I've mentioned a number of times, he was the villain in Wizard of Oz, not the Correct. Wicked Witch of well, the quick, West.
1: Quick question for you, because I I know that you saw Wizard of Oz first run in the yeah, theaters. What, was back then, was it always black and white or that scene when they go black and white to, to, to color? Was that just when I saw it for the no, first time in the no, late 70s? Uh,
0: no, they actually that was the genius of the film. They rolled uh. that out. And we were just in awe when we started. Did the you theater. wear like a
1: suit to the movie theater back then when you were, when you were doing that? When you I wore knickers. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. And we used to have, we used to eat Cracker Jack. That was the candy of choice. <laughs> I'm going to answer the second part first. And the second okay. part, what indicators do you look for? And I'm big on you looking for capitulatory tops and, or in this case bottoms in my world, you're looking for it in the form of big volume days. Typically, Four or five times normal volume so if you were to see the name that you're looking at make a 52 week low on five or six times normal volume that to me is is not always I, i hate using terms like that but that's a good sign that the bottom might be in and by the way it happens on highs as well so for me, it's capit- capitulation in the form of volume, Dan. All right,
1: let me, let me answer that one, and then you get ready for a couple stocks that you're focused on, and then I'll do that after. Um, so what I love on, on, on days like today, where you've had a sharp sell-off for a matter of weeks or months, um, and then you have a huge capitulation, like Guy said, probably on volume, where you see the thing down, like, you know, plenty of stocks today at their lows that was could have been it. And then they reverse. It doesn't have to actually close up on the day. It just has to close on a dead high. Okay. So, like, meaning, like, if the market stayed open another two hours, it would have kept on going. And that what you call a spike bottom to me is the most powerful reversal for, um, you know, like what what that I look for in a single name and you'll usually get to see that, um, follow through into the morning on the opening when I was a much more active trader, um, especially in a bear market. And that's the other thing I'd say. You know, guys, I'm not telling you this bull market done, but if we were in this sort of volatility situation, for you traders out there who, who spend a lot of time watching the markets, these are great trade setups. They're hard. It's not easy. You know what I mean? It's usually a one step forward, two steps back sort of thing in a bear market, um, but it's happening. And if you had the temerity, as Guy likes ah. to say, to step in, you know, this morning... You could have bought Microsoft, you know, I don't know, when it felt
0: really ugly, and now it's only down 2%. Microsoft feels like it it will be unchanged. You're looking for a name. By the way, nothing is easy. But you know what should be easy? Winning a National Football League game when you're up three with 13 seconds left. That should be easy, okay? And I'm not a big Tony Romo fan at all because, A, he played for the Dallas Cowboys, and I just find him irritating. But he was right last night. There's no way the effing Bills should have lost that game. And you mentioned Spike Bottom, not to be confused with Spike Eskin. But to answer the question, what name would I look at? Well, look at Qualcomm, which I can make a, a very good case for in terms of valuation, and go back and look. The prior all-time high, January 20th, I believe, 2021, was about 164-ish. Dan Nathan... Tell me where Qualcomm is trading right now. Qualcomm is trading 164.13. Guys, speak into your mic. Sky. You, I'm, you. I'm speaking into the mic. 164. So there you go. That's my answer. All
1: right. I, I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a name um, in the semi-space too, is Taiwan Semi. And I don't know if you saw this move earlier in the year. Um, had a huge rip. This is a stock, the um, it's basically a foundry company, and they basically make chips for all the big um, you know, chip chip designers around the world here, that stock had a huge rip after being in a very long um, consolidation last year as the largest component in the SMH, or it did start that way in 2021, NVIDIA took over that spot. Um, it had just gone nowhere. Um, and so Taiwan semi broke out. There was some news about um CapEx and um earlier in the earlier in the year. I like that one. It's round trip, that whole move, it got down to almost 120. It traded as high as 145 a little more than a week ago. So that one I like. There's some things that, you know, guy, I was really negative about the Twitter. Um, when Jack stepped down as CEO, the, the gentleman that they put in place, not that I have any knowledge about Parag Agarwal, he was their former CTO. One of my biggest gripes about Twitter has really been product development and, and you know, I don't know, putting the CTO in charge. Um, the stock was trading, I think, in the mid 40s. It traded as high when that announcement came out and traded as high. It was like November 29th. You ready for this guy? It's 52 bucks. Well, here it is at 33 and a half. That one's starting to look interesting to me, um, especially if you think about the backdrop of MA. and I get it; Microsoft can pay seventy billion dollars for Activision. They're not in the site, of, so let's just say, the FTC. Well, this I don't think that deal will get done either. But you know, certainly Google, Facebook, you know, are not in a place to be buying other um, social assets. But Twitter seems to me needs to be part of a larger platform. And maybe it comes in the, in, the, in, the, in the way of Twitter and Snap merging. And I mean that quite seriously, because could you think about Evan Spiegel? You put those two companies together as the CEO of that company, the combined company. Makes sense to me. Yeah, and can
0: I tell for the folks listening, you, when that Twitter news came out about Jack, you said any rally on the back of this should be sold with both hands. And you were right. I thought actually Twitter would take the next leg higher. That was wrong but maybe twitter does need more of a visionary and maybe a maybe a combination of a twitter and a snap is not that far fetched by the way you know i've thought twitter makes a lot of sense for google and makes a lot of sense for an apple yeah. but maybe i'm off base but at these levels it makes a lot more sense now in terms of an acquisition that it may have a year or so ago, Dan Nathan. So fully. Yeah, one you. of the
1: things I always thought was really interesting, guy, is that you know, think about your career over the last sixty years yeah. in the markets. Well, yeah. um, that's
0: when I really that's yeah, when it started but, went into ascension. But I've been now it's it's close to seventy two years now in the market.
1: Close to seventy two, but 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 you know, doesn't it seem like like m a usually happens when things are giddy like big m a not when things are like depressed because no one like no company thinks they want to sell their company at a depressed value or anything like that and and it's just kind of funny to me that the deals happen when things are still great and you and i were marking last week when microsoft made that bid for activision 70 billion dollars in cash we're like the stock was down two percent you know what i mean like two percent and then by the next day it was up it was pretty shocking what um, listen, there's a lot of stuff popping up as green right now, guy I, I first of all, I see Bitcoin very near thirty six thousand. I think it traded as low as maybe thirty I'm uh, just saying intraday reversal a yes. uh, big one yes. um I'm seeing Pinterest. you have a Pinterest page up on the day uh pretty interesting. I will also say this that snap and Pinterest doesn't matter different market caps basically trading very near the same exact price, which I think is kind of interesting by the way, 70.
0: I don't know if Amanda can put up my Pinterest page on. I don't know how that. Oh, oh my goodness! But you should listen. If anybody's interested in Pinterest, um, I think my I was one of the <laughs> I, I had an early Pinterest page, and it is banging, as the kids say. So, yeah, I think you and I think you would agree with this as well. Some of the most violent rallies that we've seen, in, as I mentioned in my seventy-two years, take place when the market is headed lower, and we're in the midst yeah. of one now. But the levels that we traded and we talked about a couple of we talked about the s&p 500 talked about uh microsoft you mentioned i mentioned qualcomm and we mentioned apple it got down to levels that make sense it just never right. it just never happens again for the reasons that you thought
1: let's hit a bunch of we don't have much time we have until about one thirty, but let's hit a bunch of things so i, I was also remarking you know like the, the bank stocks were getting hit very hard today. What, what your take was? It was just correlations going to one because these stocks have also been hit hard during earnings season. We saw J.P. Morgan was was close to 165 not long ago. Traded as low as 140 um, today. Bank America, Lows was down more than five percent. Um, they're coming off their lows. Bank stocks, just real quickly here, guy with with basically earnings in the rearview mirror. What's
0: your take? I think J.P. Morgan got sold off because, again, when valuation has become a concern, one of the metrics that I look at is price of tangible book, and it is zenith recently. J.P. Morgan got up almost 2.6 times. It's just too expensive. So I think that's a sell there. The flip side, I think this city is too cheap. In the middle of that lives like a Bank of America and a Wells Fargo. So I think this jockeying for position is, is what's going on, and I think people are trying to figure out what bank stocks make the most sense?
1: Yeah. Um, what about your Blackstone? This has been a name that you've really liked. Um, you've called it really well on some of these pullbacks here. Unique. It's not a bank, obviously. Um, but that stock traded as high as nearly 150 in November. I know. Um, it's through that double bottom You know, one hundred dollars seems like kind of the level, guy. I I mean, come on, you know. I think these private equity guys
0: are good. You've said that for a while, but you were saying that it's headed to one hundred since it was in the mid one hundred and thirty. So I didn't think we'd get below one hundred and twenty-five. Here we are. I think Blackstone, again, if you're looking for not a bank but but for financial that makes sense in this environment, they have done absolutely everything right. And I think Blackstone is going to, I think at a certain point, it's going to find that level. You might be right in the form of a hundred and round trip where it really went ballistic from, but yeah. I think Blackstone's just a great play here. Well,
1: I'll tell you one thing. I'm talking to a lot of uh, people, you know, who, I don't know. I mean, companies de-SPAC, they came to market through, you know, regular way IPO of late. They're like, what the hell are we doing in the public markets right now? Like if, if you can't assign the proper value on well-covered, you know, like, like proper large cap stocks, small caps are just absolutely getting destroyed here. And there's a lot of companies that came public through SPAC that have a lot of cash and no debt. And they feel like, oh my goodness. I mean, so you could see a bunch of these companies taken private. You could see some of these private equity guys possibly Wait, get really is that, active. When,
0: when the kids say, and I'm being serious for a second. So when they do like hashtag OMG, that's what it means.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's what it means. Wow. Yeah. Um, now my
0: daughter's but, breaking my horns. like she's like, How did you not know that? I'm sorry. Please uh, say hi there. to
1: Lils for me. I wish I was oh, down hi. in Florida with say you guys. Hi, say
0: hi to everybody. Hi Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. What's hi. up, oh, Lils? Sorry. Lils, Lil's
1: is uh is, is 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 Risk commercial Media um uh intern extraordinaire, senior at Georgetown. She's as smart as it gets. She could run the company if she wants to. Well, she's gotta get in line behind Diaz. Um all right, real quickly, guy on pharma names look at look at Pfizer at 50 bucks basically um down about five percent all of these pharma names are getting killed Moderna acts like people think that this mRNA thing was just a fluke uh look at the stock at 146 and I'm bringing those two up because those are the the Vax names um I gotta think Moderna and this is you know down here round tripping the entire move from last spring guy it looks, it's looks incredible it looks a little, looks mean, a little overdone.
0: I, look I thought 175 ish. I think, and I said that a number of times, but I didn't think we'd get down here. But yet, here we are. Um, the bad news is today, you know, it's not a big volume day in Moderna, and we're making, obviously, I think we're not making a 52 week low. Believe it or not, the 52 week low is 117. But, you know, we're making, you know, we haven't seen these lows in quite some time. I will say this. Um, I think Moderna will get back on its horse, but I think Pfizer's a better play, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Pfizer down around this fifty dollar level makes sense, and I'll throw one more in. Bristol Myers comes out BMY, Dan Nathan. All right, what do
1: I love when you do that? I don't know why, Um, I really love when you do that. Old school. Um, What about let's talk about Ford really quickly? Okay, so Ford was trading at twenty four bucks. I want to say like a week or two ago. Uh, maybe even north of it. It and... was trading.
0: 20, I think it just traded up to twenty five dollars and eighty seven cents. I only wow. remember that because it didn't print twenty six. And here we are, nineteen and a half. But we've seen some downgrades in Ford over the last couple of weeks. I think people playing some stock market. And by the way, in retrospect correctly. Um, but I think Ford. You can still make a compelling case. By the way, uh, this nineteen and a half level is where we traded sideways from in the fall. So. This should be a level of support.
1: Yeah. Let let me make one point there, guy, because I've been doing this 25 years. So a fraction amount of time you've been in the markets, I I will tell you this for somebody you know, we get asked questions and we get asked to kind of go on the record, obviously every day about things that a were either doing or b that things that we would maybe do. Um, when you see like that Ford chart, um, start of the year right around 20 or just above 20, go straight to, yeah, like you said, twenty five eighty seven. It, it it's just not hard to look the other way. You know, I've been doing options for 10 years. I did, I did options action for 10 years on CNBC with Fridays at what time guy? Uh, five.
0: Yeah. 30. Thanks for watching. And I would, I would, I would,
1: TV yeah and though. you you would actually fill in every once in a while but You know, part of that job is like uh, like identifying a single security, usually a stock, maybe a sector ETF or something like that, and picking a point in time and a a, a spot on the chart and some catalysts and stuff like that. When you see stocks go parabolic like that thing did from 20 up to nearly 26, it's not hard to look the other way, and it's not hard to look the other way and define your risk. And you know, oftentimes when stocks are going up like that, implied volatility premiums are coming down. You know what I mean? Sometimes it doesn't always. Tesla is the exact opposite, Um, but that one was not so. Hard. And I did that on my in the money. I do a weekly thing on Wednesdays for Fidelity um, a couple weeks ago. So, to your point, I think you can pick spots. I don't usually pat myself on the shoulder, but that was a good short term trade. Tesla, really quickly, guy, earnings Wednesday night, stocks down below that $900 level. You called it correctly into that Q3 report back in October. You said it's going to break out to yeah. new all time highs. It went straight to what, like 1270 or something like that. Now it's yeah. come all the way back in here. You, de- you definitely said you think it goes back to 900 after that. Well, here we are. We're just below 900. What's the trade into earnings?
0: Well, if, if you have a set or if you have the temerity, you know, we traded down to the 150 day moving average, which Carter Worth will tell you is what he looks at. And the last few times that we have in Tesla has been an opportunity to sort of trade the stock with a re- relatively small. Risk, and I say relatively small because obviously um everything you do in Tesla is risky. I'll say this: I think you can play from the long side into earnings, and I know I'm going to get added at on Twitter, but it might have done the work it needed to do today in the form of trading down to the 150. And I got it, Dan. I hate to do this, but I got an Audi five thousand because I got a one thirty t- t- uh, meeting down here at this conference. All right, go
1: get him, man. I really appreciate all your help uh, with this today and on our market call. So check um, guy on his Twitter. We had a we had a really good chat with Carter Braxton Worth. We we kind of went through all the charts, the S and P, the Russell three thousand, uh, the Nasdaq, and some of these single names into their earnings this week. All right, guy, we'll check you later, man. Hey, just real quickly, um, you know, I, I just wanted to kind of hit rates here a little bit because I think this is I said something that was kind of stupid last week on one of the shows. And I, th- I said, I think equities are screwed if rates go higher, but they're also screwed if rates go lower. Um, so my point was basically that I think we're in a tough spot. I don't think the 10 year, you know, where it's trading, it just broke out to one nine. If it was going to go meaningfully higher above 2%, I think that would have been obviously a big headwind um, for stocks, um, at least on a valuation basis. And we've been seeing that play out for weeks, if not months. Um, but by the same token, it- if if the ten year were to come in really hard, and our friend Carterworth mentioned this in some of his charting last late last week, that he thinks there's a potential to see one and a half in the ten year. Um, that that might not also be good for stocks. You know, if you look at the two-year, that's actually mapping what Fed funds futures are expecting for rate increases over the next, I don't know, six to nine months or so. But the 10-year, which is basically lower than where it was a year ago, um, is saying something potentially about growth. And and I just think that, you know, the Fed's got themselves all turned around. I really feel very strongly that they they basically changed their tune on in inflation at nearly the exact high in inflation expectations, which happened to map up to a four-year Uh, or excuse me, 40-year high. I think the CPI will be cut in half at this time next year. I think that we might start thinking a little bit about what were the fears that we had pre-pandemic in front of this black swan. It was deflation. It was technology as this massive deflationary force. We're talking about things like UBI, universal basic income. I just don't believe, listen, I get it. Some of these wage increases, they're going to stick around here. But think about where most of the wage increases, other than bank CEOs' salaries and such, where they've come from. It's kind of low-end jobs. And what were we worried about pre-pandemic? We were worried about automation. So I feel like the Fed has totally already made their policy error. They had their opportunity to kind of think about inflation a little bit, maybe six to nine months ago, when our economy was on a decent footing, given all the monetary and fiscal stimulus that was still in place. And they should have been raising because in in the event that something else happens, maybe it's geopolitical, maybe there's something going around the world, In some time later in 2022, where they need to lower rates. Now they're going to have to get all weird. The Fed balance sheet is going to be like 15 trillion. Rates are never going higher. And I just think they already made their policy error. That's my quick take here. So, uh, and then the other thing as far as equities, you know, I'll just say we're talking about some of these stocks that had been down much more. Microsoft, for instance, you know, was down 6% now, it's only down 3%. You know, in markets like this, and I traded a lot, and I think a lot of people listening here um, who traded during the kind of dot-com, you know, bubble, and then the subsequent implosion, and then during the financial crisis, you know, we had protracted bear markets and no one knew like when we were going to come out of it, but the price action in them is something that's very recognizable. And when you have these outsized volatility bands, you're going to have these crazy intraday moves. And so, All of the stuff that's green right now, if it were to go back to red and then go back towards their lows, then you're going to be in for a just, you know, much worse price action over the next few days. The flip side of it is, is that if we continue to build on some of these, like more and more stocks go green, then you're going to have a follow through for the next day and it may go through another next day. And you got to be really cognizant of the fact of not shorting that rally because you can just get your face ripped off. So for traders who are nimble, set stops, use options, maybe trade futures, Um, um, those sorts of things. I mean, th- these are great markets to be in, and then take your cues off what's going on in rates. Um, I don't really look at the VIX too much, um, but I think it, like things like Bitcoin are interesting as a as a little like sentiment indicator. Um, so. There's my two cents. I appreciate you guys joining Guy and me for Trading Spaces. We do them every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. They are sponsored by CME Group. They are the largest futures exchange um, in the world. Um, and they're also the sponsor of our podcast on the tape that we do with Danny Moses, drops every Friday. So follow that. We also have uh, another podcast that we just launched called OK Computer. I am one of the co-hosts, and we have a great guest list. Um Coming out, we had Alexis Ohanian last week. We had Adam Bain, former Twitter COO, and I have an amazing group of co hosts um, and contributors on that. So th- check that out. That one's going to drop tomorrow. Packy McCormick and Melton and I are going to talk crypto. So check that out. Follow that. Follow it in Twitter at OK, okay Computer Pod.
0: Um, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Bye.